Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hello, everybody. Today is an amazing day where in the following service, we will be celebrating baptism, people being born again, going public with their faith in Jesus Christ, and also having a time for child dedication. Now, this service, we are going to have a standalone message, and then next service, we'll still have worship, and for those that are staying in both services, it's, it's quite a moment, and maybe you've never stayed for the 1130, would encourage you to, or if you're tuning in right now live, and today, today might be your day to get baptized. And whatever excuse or roadblock could get in the way, we pray that every demon is bound right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and there would be nothing that would stop you from going all in with Jesus. There's a change of clothes here. There's a towel. And the one thing we can't do is force you, but we can give an invitation to accept and go public with your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Planned on sharing a message that I'm going to get to in just a moment called Connect, Commune with God. And before that, the news in the last 48 hours that you're going to see if you haven't heard yet, but with Israel being at war, when it comes to the church and followers of Jesus, there is a lot of methodology that gets fleshed out from our theology. And If our theology isn't informing our methods, it can get muddy and messy really quick. There's this rule with people that when they go to space, if something ever goes wrong, the first rule is do not panic. And the body and the bride of Christ, we should be the most centered, secure people. Of course, we're humans, we're going to have emotions, but do not panic. Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. So what do we do? What's the authority and responsibility we have when we see things play out in the news? Well, there's a term called eschatology, and it means the study of end things or end times or final things or what is conclusive of what's going to be ultimate when Jesus returns, judgment. And then how does that play out day to day? But sometimes we can be so distanced where we're focused on maybe the forever kingdom that we miss that there's a kingdom that we get to be a part of today. The forever kingdom, absolutely, that's what's ultimate eternal. But there is the day-to-day that me and you are in today. One football coach said it this way, let your head be where your butt is, and didn't say it that way. You know, And last I checked, every single one that is in this room or watching, we are here, probably in Lansing or the 517. So what does the study of last things do for us? Well, God teaches us for sure, pray for the well-being of Jerusalem, Israel, that it may, those who love you be secure, may there be peace and, and security within your fortress because of my brothers and friends, but... What you're going to find is when we think of following Jesus, and I'm not going to give us conclude, uh, concluding answers, but more inviting us into a long-time discussion, and, and hopefully we can continue to be of who we are at City Life. We are a good news church, means that our belief is that is centered around what Jesus has done on the cross, the finished work on the cross. 
And then we are continuing to have conversations from there as our mission is then played out, loving the city one life at a time. For some today hearing this, you're like, dude, I don't even know anything you're talking about. And this is for the 20% that if you do, or if you know some people at some point, I want to position us in a way that we do not become people scattered, too busy, getting caught in the crosshairs, friendly fire, and, and, and creating a lot of chaos for no specific reason that's not letting our head be where our butt is. Do not panic. So then what do we do? What authority and responsibility do we have, and what's our response? Well, some framework might be when we think of Israel, is it literal, physical, there, actually a nation of people, or us that are in the faith now, we're the children of Israel too in Jesus, or is it both? When we think of war, is there a level that we should be pacifist, and then if not, then how do you move to a just war? What would a just war be? Does God delight in war? When did God allow war to take place or institute judgment to show his rule and reign? And this is where people get tripped up when they see God move throughout the Old Testament in ways through people because his glory can't be contained in such a way that you could ever come against. So there is a level that he is the king. But a lot of times what creeps in is fear in inaction into the circles that I've seen. The circles that I've seen when we think of the second coming, well, one, we could be so uh, aloof or not present that it doesn't allow us to be generational mindset of where we're at today. Well, no man knows the hour of when Jesus returns. So in one way, our view of end times influences our action or inaction of today. So if we think Jesus is returning, that could cause us to either, one, act in such a way that I want him to find me being about what he cares about. Love God, love people, love your neighbor as yourself. Make disciples. And of course, there's a lot of other things we need to talk about. But that happens through proximity and community as we're in communion with God. So there could be a form of action too much that I'm just focused on what is going to be eternal, so God's kind of going to bail me out. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, so therefore I don't have to take care of this one today. No, 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 we're stewarding it. He's going to return, and he's going to see us. He's going to, what he's going to find us doing. There's a, a sentence we came up with in, the, in thinking of eschatology, the study of end times, final things. And we dropped a project, we being Sounds Good Ministries, myself, it was a solo album, but it was really a team and a movement, and it was called The Second Coming, it dropped 13 years ago, and the sentence that to sum up all of our view of eschatology was this, live today like the last, but prepare for forever. How can both be true? They can't. When Jesus returns, what's he going to find us doing? And if he returned today, we aren't even promised tomorrow, y'all. But if we live just saying we're not promised tomorrow, well, I think we can see the sloppiness of not having generational thinking everywhere we go. And so we need the strategic plan to plan for forever. So coming back to Israel, what would we do? Well, there's not just Israel, there's people in Palestine. God cares about everybody. So before we jump in and try to figure it out and what's the news saying... Does anybody know this about the news? Is everything you see isn't true? 
And somebody is already thinking, well, is he saying that he's for this side then? And what is he meaning? Is he anti? Is he? He's like, yo, you can live in your echo chamber all you want. You do what you want. You can get my views offline. Maybe this is my opinion. This is it. But when we come together on a Sunday, we're a good news church centered on Jesus, about what Jesus has done. We're a, a church on mission, loving the city one life at a time, loving the 517 one life at a time, and loving the world one life at a time. Because one's the biggest number. So how we flow out our day-to-day of what we do, if we're going to pray, well, we want to be people that pray for love. We want to be people that understand love is greater than anything we're ever going to do. We want to be people of grace. Because who can boast? We want to be people of peace and pray for peace. But we also want to be people of justice. And we want to be people of forgiveness as well. That's why following Jesus, all sides of every situation, we find followers, um, you know, on this spectrum, but hopefully working together for heaven on earth to come and to continue the thought of, well, is Jesus returning? Because you might hear some language, well, this is, the, this is the sign that he's coming, he's close, it's close, the hour's closer, the hour's closer. Yes, it's for sure closer, but I've sat at a lot of tables where they're like, dude, the Lord's returning. Are you aware of it? Yeah, I'm aware that the Lord is going to return. Are you aware of what darkness is doing? I'm aware there's evil. I'm aware that there's only two kingdoms, one that profess Jesus Christ, and then secondly, those that don't are a kingdom of darkness. I'm aware of that. And then how do we then intentionally roll out a game plan from there? Well, let's continue to talk as we're going to be sharing the good news, making disciples, and loving this city one life at a time. Loved, belong purpose. But I think sometimes we get so caught up and let's talking about the decoy or deception or here's what the Decepticons are doing. And we don't have the authority to actually even make decisions about most of the things we're talking about. We do have authority to pray, but what's our responsibility? I think sometimes we get so caught up in what could be in fear and emotions and this, that we forget to be a good dad, a good brother, a good worker, a good servant, a good person day to day that we get caught up in what is happening somewhere else. And I'm not saying that we should not care about what is going on in the world, especially in the Middle East. But my goodness, I've been in way too many circles where we talk about what's going on there, and then we're not doing anything here. And I just have this conviction to say, live today like the last, but prepare for forever. Where? Here. Second Peter chapter 3 This has been a conversation going on for a long time. Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was not brought about from water through water. Through these, the world of that time, perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So dear friends, look at verse eight. This is for us, I believe. Don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand and a thousand years like one day. So verse nine, this is for us. The Lord does not delay his promise as some understand delay. Where's God? Where's he, when's he coming? But he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And then the passage goes on, and the 
the Lord will return like a thief in the night. But the Lord has held the final judgment because final judgment will happen. But what are we supposed to be about until we get there? There's the parable uh, story, which is a depiction of possibly literal, standing before God, probably literal, standing before God, what did you do to the least of these? What do you mean? Did you feed them? Did you clothe them? Because what you did to the least of these, you did for me. Don't city life. And this might just be, again, for the 20%. It might just be for two person. It might be for somebody that, that I just want to make sure before the weeds try to take over what God is doing. God said, look up, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. There's a labor work to do in front of us. There's people needing, that are have hurting. They, 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 that when we toured one of the, the, the schools recently, the level of need for kids was just consuming our heart that in two weeks from now, we're gonna give us more an opportunity to serve and love people right where life exists and be present one life at a time, specifically in that case at the schools. But man, there's need everywhere. So when you see this, play out online. What do, we, what do we pray? What do we do? What do we think? Well, we pray for Israel, of course. But we also pray for Palestine, and we pray for the world, and we pray that love is greater than any situation. Friends, let's never forget that. When COVID hit, we said love is greater than COVID-19, but you could put in under the uh, underline, insert whatever thing is going to go on in the world. Love is greater than that. What love? How do we define it? God's love displayed through Jesus Secondly, we all remember that we are people of grace, y'all. And sometimes we want to preserve our life so bad that we want to position ourselves on, where's God's team? Where's he winning? It's not how this works. Jesus is peace. But we pray for peace. We want to be people of peacemakers. Live quiet and peaceful lives. But we want to be people of justice, too, where we see injustices play out. Step up. Come on, be a voice for the voiceless. But we also want to be people of forgiveness. So here's where we pray for, because you're going to see a lot of stuff online. Pray, 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 pray. Well, we're going to pray Matthew 6, uh, how the Lord teaches us how to prayer and, and to pray in 9 through 13. And we're just going to pray it. Our family prays this every morning. And it, 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 it can be recited, but it can also be a prayer type in a formation to allow us uh, to enter in, to look up to who God is, but also then bring our request, daily bread. God, here's what I need today. What's going on in me? Forgive me. Oh, as I go out and I forgive other people, is that we're on mission. Because we want to be people of oneness. So in order to be oneness, we have to be aware of what's going on, acknowledge, accountable, and then action is through closeness, proximity, and, and when we're close, we can't just come into somebody and say, I'm only going to pray for you without acknowledging their pain first. And then we move to prayer, or playing, we're hanging out, and then we're moving to praying, and of course, that doesn't have to go in sequential order, but that's maybe a, health, a helpful filter as we think of this, so pull up the Lord's Prayer if we can, and we're just going to recite this as a church today can read along with me. I would hope the kids got this one memorized and you get to know where we recite it from. I was like, why do I recite it different than the ESV? I was like, oh yeah, my first Bible was a New King James Bible. 
So I'm like, oh, well, it's the new King James. So let's say it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. The next slide. Let's get us there, yep. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So we want to live today like the last, but prepare for forever. So here's a song, and then we're going to just jump into a little bit of today's message and worship to close and take communion. And here's the second coming song that we created to hopefully give context to say, absolutely live a life that's urgent. Remember who's returning, but let's prepare until he returns. Let's think generationally and steward in any way he's given us influence. Amen? Check this video out. beautiful time when the Lord returns for those that are in Jesus. 
And I hope that those that aren't would heed and repent. The worship team is going to come up stage, and we're going to talk for a few moments. Or not really talk. Preachers say that a lot. I want to talk to you about. It's not really. I'm talking. You're listening. So I want to share with you, talk to you about something that you're thinking about. That later you can go home and. Uh, jump in your word and have conversations and groups this week. And today is connect and commune with God. What is the meaning of commune? Commune means to focus on God, converse, talk, often with profound intensity. Intimate communication or rapport as sharing your heart and mind with God in prayer. Commune with God. How was communion with God possible? Well, thinking of the battle between good and evil, there's a psalm that ultimately is about Jesus, and it's in Psalm 2. In Psalm 2, here's the reign of the Lord's anointed, or how Jesus is crowned, coronation, and it shows all of the nations that plot and rage against the people, uh, ultimately those that are in righteousness and in, in seats and those that represent the power of God. But look at it. It's verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. And ultimately, who are they really waging war against? They're against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us birth their bounds and cast away their cords from apart. He who sits in heaven laughs. It's like any threat that this world has ever tried to pose, God ultimately is in control. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath. Because no one wants to be under the wrath of God, but yet all of us in our sin are under the wrath of God, which is why we need Jesus in order to even commune with God. So each one of us are subject to God's wrath apart from Jesus and being born again. And then verse 6, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. You might recognize this language when Jesus gets baptized. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun. Not in a like, mocking or like, domineering way, but no, to recognize Jesus' worth and his authority. Lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So when we sang that song, I speak Jesus over every situation. Doesn't matter what we're facing, what we're going through. That's how we fight. There's action, yeah, absolutely. But all action starts from the distance of our knees to the floor. Bowing down and saying, Jesus help. We take our refuge in him. City life, we take our refuge in him. That's how we can even commune with God. 
What did Jesus do? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Don't hear that here in your head. Hear that in your heart. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God, the Passover lamb. That judgment passes over because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus was crushed so we could commune with God. And then since he was crushed, what kind of access do we have? So if we say commune with God, what does that mean to commune with God? Well, it means an intimate converse for all that we experience. That ultimately we're submitting, God, your ways, your thoughts are higher. We want to know your decree. We want to store your word in our hearts. That we trust in you. And we cling to you as a response of knowing who you are. But it's not just when times are good. It's actually when times are hard. Mark 14 records this, that Jesus said, Abba. Abba being intimate. It's an expression, a phrase that, that, that there's some debate over. But we know that it is, is it a direct intimate view of God that here we are talking to God the Father, Jesus being in this case, that he says, I know, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. So he says, remove this cup from me, and yet not I, what I will, what you will. That is when Jesus is going to go become the sin for us. Under the wrath, take the wrath, drink the cup, take the punishment, endure the judgment. For who? Me and you. So Jesus says, Abba, in a moment that was very difficult. He was crushed so that we could commune with God. Crushed so we could commune with God. And he cried out, Abba, in a hard time. That also tells us when we're being crushed, when we're in hard times, when it is so difficult, with weeping and crying, and we're like, ah. Oh. We see somebody else, what it looks like to be winning, and all we feel is pain, that we could still cry out Abba in those moments. And have a great high priest that empathizes with us and understands our weaknesses and knows what it's like to be crushed. But then Romans 8 records verse 15 through 18. It says, for you did not receive, once we're in Jesus, the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, so therefore we cry, Abba, Father. <laughs> and it talks about that. The consider, for we consider that the present sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. We commune with God because of Jesus. Even through suffering, we can cry out to God because of Jesus. And of course, when times are good, we should recognize because of God, grace, Jesus. So Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus. Who? Looking to who? The founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, 
all of the wickedness of the world, all of, as Psalm 2 records, all of the nations that plot in vain against the righteous and against his anointed one, and he who sits in heaven laughs because ultimately Jesus will destroy the effects of sin. All authority is given to him, and for us now, walking this out, we say, okay, we look to Jesus, who had all hostility against him, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, have you not resisted to the point, have you not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood? <laughs> and look at Hebrews 4. When we commune with God, we've been born again through Jesus, but now we're conversating even through the ups and downs. And, but how do we do that? Well, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want to call the Connect team to pass out the elements. And the elements being the wafer that is the body of Christ and this juice, the blood of Christ that heaven and earth meet in this moment and the sacraments and as we partake of what the Lord has taught us to remember his body that was broken for us, Remember that his blood that was shed for us. Look to Jesus, that we can commune to God because of Jesus. That even in our time of need, when we haven't just repented once to be born again, but ongoing repentance where we've messed up, we've missed it. And even this week, that if we've messed up or missed it, there's grace here. But yet, I would not in any way, shape, or form endorse that somebody should take this cup if you're not in Jesus. In fact, you... Bring judgment upon yourself because you're taking the body of Christ, not being in the body of Christ. <laughs> so this isn't just formality or business as usual. Hopefully that the dots are connecting by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I've articulated in such a way that there is no way to commune with God apart from Jesus. And that when you put your faith in Jesus and you say, uh-oh, <laughs> my sin can't come in the presence with God. But good news, because of Jesus who knew no sin, who died for me, that I can be born again. When you put your faith in him, amen. You're made new. But then as followers, we remember that, that, that the cross isn't just a one-time moment that we forget. It's something that, what did Jesus do for us? We're taking communion, even as often as we would eat, to remember who Jesus is and what he's done. And we're going to sing, I Speak Jesus, in just a moment. And as we're singing it, the invitation is, at any time when you want to take communion, here's what you would do. I'm not going to lead us. This is me leading us. We would pull this off the top, this little plastic thing, and you get your wafer. And you would remember his body that was broken for you, for me. And then you would just take the cup and remember his blood that was shed for you and for me. This is the new covenant. Look at Matthew 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And here's my last little on-ramp to what we're gonna do. We'll take communion, 
anytime in the song, whenever you want for followers of Jesus. And then this song, you know what it is? It's just like turn on the light. I remember being a prayer gathering and a lot of the prayer gathering was praying against stuff. And there's, not, there, you, there's times when we need to pray against the evil that's happening in the world, amen? But then there was this prayer moment that I thought was so cool. All we're gonna do tonight is just worship because when you turn the light on, darkness has to flee. So when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we wait for Jesus, when we just let the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, be Lord of our life and Lord of the setting, that the light is on and we worship. And then every demon and every darkness and every demonic spirit has to flee as we just lift up the name that is above all names. I speak Jesus. And that's what we'll do. We'll worship and lift up Jesus and take communion in this song. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.